Hi to all our listeners. This is Coach Chelsea, the host of the Servant Leader Coaches Bible Study, a place where athletes, coaches, and athletic professionals come together to talk about faith, sports, and servant leadership. We hope that this podcast blesses you. If there's anything we could do for you, please find us at the Chelsea F on Twitter, at Chief Friend John, C H E F R A N J O H N on Instagram and streaming live at Chelsea F. Muir on Facebook. We pray that you continue to be blessed and continue to serve as God would ask us to. Everybody, I want to thank you so much for joining us today. I'm Coach Chelsea. I'm the host of the Servant Leader Coaches Bible Study. Just a kind of recap through for those first-time listeners. We started this on a seven-day Bible plan and now approach nine months of coaches and leaders just getting together to talk about something different. We talk about X's and O's and offenses and defenses all the time, but at what point do we pour into each other about our faith and what servant leadership looks like on the outside of the lines? And so as we take a look and watch, and I was talking with Coach Eatman before we got on today uh, about how I go out and quote unquote, get them. And uh, a lot of the servant leaders that are on often they actually look and the same characteristics like resound real loud. And it's that those that not only talk the talk, but they walk the walk. And it was a very interesting tweet that uh, coach Joseph Eatman, the head coach of Shelton state community college men's basketball, he put out there talking about rings and I'm not going to get too much in that story. Cause I'm going to ask him about that in a little bit, but it was his response that got me because it showed the true definition of servant leadership. So I'm not going to get into it just now, but I want to take the time to say thank you so much, Coach Eatman, for being here today. I tell people all the time that time is the one thing that we can't return nor give back. So I thank you so much just for being on today. And I'm going to go ahead and pass the torch to you. Thank you so much for being on. I'm going to let you go ahead and introduce yourself. All right. First of all, I just want to say, want to thank everybody for for being on. And like you said, I'm, I'm Joseph Eatman. I'm the head men's basketball coach at Shelton State Community College. You know, I just want to say, again, thanks for having me. And I want to thank everybody for logging on. Uh, shout out to my wife, Erica Eatman. I saw she logged on. She'll kill me if I didn't mention that she was on. So glad she tuned in. And, you know, she was here for a lot of this story. So she knows it and kind of went through it with me and experienced it with me. And, I, you know, I, I really appreciate that. Um, you know, I think a platform like this is, is really important. Um, I think that it's, it's, it's therapeutic. To, to a T, I, I, I really do think it is, you know, just gathering together with like-minded individuals and not only that, but just the opportunity to hear other people's story and know that, you know, a lot of times when you're going through things, you think that you, you're the only one that's going through it. And I think a platform like this is, is really important to, um, to let people know that, that, you know, you're not the only one going through, you know, we, we've all been through a lot and we all go through a lot you know, when you, when you, you messaged me and I looked at the the title of the podcast, the servant leader, you know, that's something that's really, really stood out to me because it's something I really pride myself on. You know, I'm a firm believer that, you know, you can't lead unless you serve, you know, you gotta, you know, kind of serve the people that you're trying to lead. And you also gotta, you know, serve for the person that's leading you, you know, and, and in my life, that's God. Um, so I think that, you know, those are some things that are really important. Um, hope y'all don't mind. I took some notes. 
Uh, you know, I, and like you said, I actually, I, I was asked to do this after making a post um, of my rings and also a, a video. And a lot of people kind of interpreted me posting my rings as, as kind of a flex and, you know, a look at me type deal. But, you know, I'm a humble guy. I've been through so much and life has humbled me. So, you know, that's never my goal is to promote myself you know it's more to promote what god has done and you know he is doing in my life um you know honestly i i had that the video that i posted uh i actually had that video for three months you know and never posted it because I, I never felt like the time was right and again like i said i i didn't want to pro i didn't want to feel like i wouldn't want people to think that i was trying to promote myself so you know, that it's something that I didn't want to really put out there. I was actually ashamed um, of the things that happened. You know, anytime you, your, your contract's not renewed three times in your first five years of coaching, you know, it kind of, that's not something you really want to brag about. You know, it, it almost puts you in the mindset of, um, of being inadequate and not being, being good enough. So, you know, for a while, you know, I didn't tell my story. Uh, but eventually I got to a place in my life where I realized, you know, that you also can't be a leader. You also can't lead unless you're transparent. Um, and that's something God calls all us to do is to be transparent and um, share our story. So other people know that, you know, you, you never know who your story may touch and you never know um, what they may get out of it. So I think it's important that you share not only your, your your positives, you know, because before the end, I was I was sharing every championship. I was sharing, you know, every community service event that that we did as a team. But I wasn't sharing, you know, kind of what what I went through, you know. And actually, in the video, you know, my story goes back long before that video even started. Uh, and I just, like I said again, I appreciate this platform to be able to share it with it, you know. Um, you know, and honestly, my journey, um, is a journey where, you know, God's not only protected me from myself, but protected me from others and also always placed people in my life, um, to kind of help me through and, and get me where, you know, not where I wanted to be, but where he wanted to be. You know, I always think that, you know, I tell people God often blesses us through people, um, it's not always through material things, you know, a lot of times, you know, God places people in your life to give you what you need when you need it. Um, you know, a little bit about my story. You know, as a player, you know, I, I was considered a, a pretty good player. You know, I was a McDonough All-American nominee coming out of high school. And it's kind of weird because, you know, I averaged about 20 points a game. And coming out of high school, I really had no offers. You know, everybody thought, you know, man, this guy should have offers. But, but you know, I, I didn't. You know, so I, I went to – First, I went to Jones Community College uh, probably for about a month and then left and came home and started working. Uh, just went to school at Stillman College. Honestly, I had given up on basketball. You know, I just said, hey, I just go to school, get my teacher certificate, be a teacher. But again, you know, God sent, you know, I was playing in a, in a rec league tournament uh, and God sent the guy, my, my junior college coach, Chris Traery. He, he remembered me from high school and he had just gotten a job at Belleville and just so happened to be in a, in a rec league basketball gym and said, Hey man, what are you doing playing here? You know, you need to be in school playing. So, 
you know, that was the, the, the story of, of me going to Belleville and being able to play. You know, I, after my first year, I actually signed a scholarship with Howard in D.C. after my freshman year and ended up deciding to go back to junior college for my second year. Um, and then I, I had a really bad accident, fractured my kneecap in the accident. You know, and then, of course, by the time I finished my sophomore year, it wasn't, wasn't a whole lot uh, out there for me. Um, so, again, you know, a story of just God being in my life. You know, I gave up on basketball again. Uh, I began to work as a, as a manager at Foot Locker. You know, and then I went on to, you know, manage at a grocery store and, and also working part-time as a PEA just to have insurance, just so I could live and have insurance. So I was working probably about 60 hours a week. Um, and then again, I was playing in, a, in another rec league tournament. And, you know, the coach from uh, West Alabama, Chris Trawick, he, he just so happened to hear about me. And, you know, that's, that's kind of how I got to West Alabama to play uh, my two years of basketball at, at West Alabama, you know, and like I said, I, I really believe all of that uh, was just fate. You know, I went on to West Alabama where I, you know, graduated with my bachelor's, graduated with my master's. I met my wife, you know, we started a family and, you know, I'm a firm believer that, you know, I'll talk a little bit about it a little bit later, but, you know, God puts you where you should be, you know, in, in the back of my mind, you know, when I had the wreck, you know, as man, I should have went to Howard after my freshman year. But, you know, that wasn't something that was in God's plan for my life. Um, so he, he put me where he wanted me to be. But, you know, I know everybody wants to hear about my coaching career. But, you know, the, the backstory to my coaching career, you know, started with those opportunities and, and kind of lined up um, for me to start a coaching career. When I got done playing, you know, I'm going to be honest, I, I didn't have a plan. I didn't know what I was going to do. I, I, I knew that I had one more semester left um, to, that I had to do my student teacher teaching because they wouldn't allow me to do it when I was playing. And I just so happened to be walking around campus one day and they had just um, fired the coach, Coach Reedy, that coached me. They had just let him go. And a guy named Edward McCarter was on, actually on his interview. And actually he was friends with my AAU coach and, you know, they had kind of had conversations about me. So when, when he saw me, uh, he asked me if I wanted to stay on and be a grad assistant. Um, and, and that's kind of how it all started. You know, after that one semester as a grad assistant, you know, I, I decided to take a uh, in-school suspension teaching uh, job at the local high school there in Livingston. Uh, along with being the grad assistant over at West Alabama. So I, I was pu pulling double duty there. Um, and after my first year there, uh, I got a head high school job at Linden High School. And I don't know how many people on here are from Alabama, but Linden High School is the smallest 1A school in the state of Alabama. So that was my first, that was my first coaching gig was at the smallest 1A school at the state of Alabama, you know, and we had a good year. We went, I think, 20 and 11 that year. And, you know, at the end of the year, you know, we kind of had a football coach that was the athletic director. And, you know, not only was I coaching basketball, I was also teaching PE at the middle school. I was the AD at the middle school. I was the junior high head football coach. I was also coaching wide receivers and, and DBs um, at the high school. 
And I hadn't played football since I was in the eighth grade. So, you know, something football. And I, I don't even, be honest, I don't even watch a lot of football. So I didn't know a lot about it. Um, so that was really a struggle for me, you know, having to do all that. Um, and then at the end of the year, he calls me in and says, hey, man, you don't fit what we're trying to do right now. You know, so we're going to pay you throughout the year. But I'm going to recommend to the superintendent um, that we not renew your contract next year. You know, had nothing with had not, had none had nothing to do with wins and losses. You know, because we won 20 games. Um, you know, and we didn't even start basketball season because football is pretty good. We we didn't even start practicing until probably a week before the season started. Um, so I was fortunate to be able to you know win a few games there. But you know, I sat there at the board meeting that night uh, with a group of parents. You know, when they were voting to not renew my contract and probably had 20 or 30 parents there in the, in the crowd. And, you know, of course, the board accepted the football coach's recommendation to not renew my contract. You know, and again, God placed Coach McCarter, you know, who gave me the opportunity as a grad assistant. He didn't even know what was going on. Uh, that same night he called me and I was on the phone crying. And basically he said, hey, man, you know, I'm, I'm coming to Linden. Um, where do you want me to meet you? So he met me that night and his assistant had left to take another job. He offered me a full-time uh, assistant job at West Alabama. So, you know, I got a little pay raise, you know, I also got to coach on the, the college level. So, you know, God placed him in my life and, you know, blessed me with that opportunity uh, there at West Alabama. After my, uh, it was kind of weird after my first year there as an assistant, you know, the principal at the high school came to me and he said, hey, man, and, and this part wasn't even in the video, but he came to me and said, hey, man, I want you to be my high school basketball coach. You know, Livingston High School was a 4A high school in the state of Alabama, to be honest. My dream was always to be a really good high school basketball coach and win a lot of games in high school. You know, I, I never really had dreams of, of coaching in, in college. But, you know, of course, like I said, our plan is not always God's plan. So, you know, I, I actually, I had accepted the high school job uh, there at Living, Livingston High School, and I had resigned my assistant coaching job at West Alabama. Um, and the board meeting was that Thursday night, and I get a call uh, from the superintendent, and he said, hey, man, I, I just want to let you know we're not going to accept your Mr. Hines' recommendation to hire you as our, our head basketball coach. And I had already resigned at West Alabama. So I'm like, man, what, what am I going to do? So, you know, I, I, luckily I went back to West Alabama and they hadn't even, they hadn't even accepted my resignation. They hadn't even posted my job yet. So I went back to West Alabama for a second year. Uh, so I went on after that second year. And after, that, after my second year as assistant, Coach McCarter gets fired. So I'm sitting there again like, Man, is this is never gonna get any better? I mean, do I do I need to go sell cars? Do I need to go into real estate? I mean, you know, this 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 coaching thing isn't, isn't really for me. So, you know, they hired a guy. They hired a guy to replace Coach McCarter, and in his first meeting, um, he tells me he, he said, "Man, I know everything about you. I know you can recruit. Um, you know, everybody says you can't coach, but I know you can go out and get players." Um, and I'm just going to tell you, if you can't go out and get me players, and excuse my language, but in his words, if you can't go get me players, 
at the end of this first year, I'm going to fire you black ass. Cause I don't want, you know, they're making me keep you anyway. And that was his exact words uh, to me, my first meeting. So, you know, I really needed to get away from that situation. And at the time, uh, my dad, you know, who just recently passed in August to COVID, uh, you know, he was going through some major heart, you know, heart issues. Um, so he had to have a quadruple bypass uh, done. So I took some time off to just be with my dad. Uh, and he, you know, the guy who had took the job, he sent me all kinds of rude messages, told me I, I need to learn how to bring my black butt to work and, you know, all kinds of stuff like that. So, you know, I, I decided, you know, after my dad got better, got well and got out of the hospital, I decided, like, look, this, I don't know where I'm going. I don't know what I'm going to do, but, you know, I, I can't work for this guy. So, I, you know, I went in and um, I resigned, not knowing what was next. Um, and I don't know if, I don't know, I know Ben Hicks asked me for the, for the link. I don't know if he's on, but, you know, I, I talked to Ben that afternoon and he was getting ready to take the Jacksonville State job. You know, again, God placing somebody in my life uh, to help me out along the way. Uh, he was taking the Jacksonville State job and uh, leaving Alabama Southern. So Ben actually did everything he could to help me get the job. He brought me to Monroeville for two weeks and let me stay in his apartment and introduced me to everybody I needed to know to get the job. Of course, I still had to interview for the job. So I take that job October 1st, and our first scrimmage game is October 6th. So we got five days to get ready to play. So, I mean, not the ideal situation. And me and Ben laugh about it all the all the time, but you know Ben left me a, a pretty bad team. You know it wasn't a it wasn't the most talented team um, that I inherited because you know he kind of knew he was leaving and he didn't know whether I was gonna get the job. So you know he didn't leave me a real talented bunch, but you know again God God did some things and we went twenty and eleven and we tied for first place in the South Division um, that year at, at Coastal and again. I get called in in June and say, hey, man, you know, you really don't fit what we're trying to do here. You know, we we want to go in another direction. <laughs> so, so again, you know, and that was a tough day for me because, um, you know, my, my wife and my kids were actually living an hour and a half from my Rover. So I had an apartment in my Rover. So we, we weren't you know, we were kind of, we weren't living in the same spot at that time. So that year was tough. Um, and I had brought my kids to work with me that day. Um, so I get called in, um, and get, get let, basically let go and got to drive an hour and a half with my kids. You know, I brought my kids to work that day. Um, so that, that was a tough day, you know, just having to go through all that, you know, I drove an hour and a half. They gave me 30 minutes to get everything out of my apartment, out of, out of the, out of the office and told me not to come back to campus. Um, so that was, that was another tough experience for me after one year being let go there. But, you know, I, I went back and, you know, got to spend some time uh, with my wife and it was probably a, a blessing to me and my family because at the time, you know, to be honest, I was losing my family and didn't even know, you know, cause I was an hour and a half away and I was chasing a dream of coaching and, and trying to be successful in the business and probably not paying as much attention to home as I should. So, you know, I, 
now looking back at it, you know, back then it was tough, but now back on it, you know, it probably, I'm sorry, I had a call that came through, but uh, it probably, it probably saved my marriage, uh, you know, being let go there. Um, so, you know, after that, I went back home um, and, you know, again, not knowing what was next. Um, and I actually had, you know, I was applying for all kinds of jobs. I was applying for a PE teacher position. I was applying for, you know, grocery store manager position. And it seems like the hardest I was trying to go another direction, you know, God wouldn't let me because, you know, I, I, I realized now this is what he's called me to do. Um, so I, I actually, I took a elementary school. Eventually I got one. I got an elementary teaching position here in Tuscaloosa. You know, I'm from Tuscaloosa. It's my hometown. So I took an elementary PE position here. Um, and probably about a week before I was supposed to start, Coach Mohan over at Sheldon State called and said, hey, man, uh, my assistant's leaving. You know, I need an assistant coach. You know, and it, it worked out because I went from being a head coach to Alabama Southern to an assistant coach at Sheldon State, which is probably the best job in this league, and didn't have to take a pay cut. You know, I was making the same exact thing I was making as head coach, as an assistant coach um, at Shelton. You know, in those four years, you know, I say it was it was truly a humbling, um, a humbling experience for me. You know, having because I I had only I had been an assistant in a while. I had been a head coach for a couple of years, and I felt like I had done a very good job in it. So I had to go back to you know basically taking orders for somebody else so that was humbling you know and like I said I've always been a humble guy so I, I didn't have a problem with it um so I did four years as a assistant at Shelton and you know during those four years and assist as an assistant I did everything I could to move you know I was a finalist for five head coaching jobs in four years as an assistant at Shelton and it seemed like it never could work out uh, then eventually after four years as an assistant there, um, I took over as head coach. And as they say, the rest is history. You know, we've won three out of four region championships in Alabama. Uh, I've been coach of the year three times in the last four years. And you know, we sent 16 kids to Division One and moved them on to the next level, uh, along with I think we probably had about 40 kids play at the next level. Uh, in the last four years so you know we've been fortunate we've been blessed you know one thing my you know and I'll, I'll say this and, and this is all I got I know I'm probably talking too much but um, you know one thing my journey has taught me you know and I, I'm a firm believer in this is you know a lot of time God will take you through three phases in life before he he puts you where he wants to be you know I always say that you know God first thing he'll do is he'll plant you right where you're supposed to be you know, a lot of times you have to go through that planting cycle a, a lot of times. I mean, because a lot of times, to be honest, I tried to move without without praying about it, without consulting God on what he wanted me to do. Um, and he had to replant me in, in other positions, you know. And like I said, that's, that, that plan stage is tough because you don't know where you're supposed to be. You don't know, should I do this? Should I do this? And a lot of times you don't even know why you're there and why you're doing what you, 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 you're doing. So I think that's, that's a real important stage. And then the second stage, I say that he prunes you after he plants you, he prunes you, um, you know, God will never take you somewhere um, without removing the things he needs to remove that may be exposed when you get there. Um, you know, one, 
through my experience, one thing, every time I was let go, you know, it was only, I realized it was only a select people who would even answer the phone or make a call to get me to try to help me get a job or, you know, and I, I see core blacks on here, shout out to core black. Cause a lot of times, you know, he was the guy making the calls, trying to help me out. Um, so he, he really helped me along my journey as well. But, you know, he, he always removes people. He removes things from your life and, and stuff like that, that need to be removed before he, he places you where he wants you to be. And then, you know, after he plants and prunes, I always say that third stage is, you know, that's when he allows you to prosper. Um, and, you know, those three phases, you know, sometimes you go through those three phases a hundred times in life. You know, sometime after you prosper, he has to replant you somewhere else and you have to start all over. So I think that, uh, you know, all that is important. And, and those are things that, that I've been through and experienced on my journey. Coach, 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 you said you talked too long. I think you talked enough. And I was still sitting there trying to process. I laugh because I was sitting here trying to talk and be in it. And I'd be sitting here getting in. I'm like, oh, wait, they need me to talk again. <laughs> I'm a firm believer in everything you just said. And I think much like you said, that first part there, that planning part, that's the part we try to avoid. Mm -hmm. right? But I tell people all the time, and granted, maybe it's the biologist in me, but that is the portion where that prospering part, that's going to determine the strength in that and the longevity in that. Mm -hmm. If you don't do everything, and my godmother, she's on here, if you don't do everything right, I'm not a green thumb person, but I know what it takes to get the best of a, of a plant. If you don't take every nourishment part in, if you don't treat it correctly, that plant is not going to produce itself in the prosper moment. So I'm mm -hmm. sitting looking like wow because that is something that I've actually been chewing on myself for a while there's something that actually resounded in my head as I was hearing your journey and it was the scripture Proverbs 24 and 16 where it says even if good people fall seven times they'll get back up eight right and I'm sitting here hearing your story and I'm like oh my god and I'm trying to count in my head but coach I think you went past seven times <laughs> with the next time you hit a brick wall but if I did felt like it <laughs> it did. I think you really surpassed those seven times. And I said, God, your word is found in every aspect of our lives. But there is something that is consistent with every time that you fail. You are okay with understanding that God had a purpose and a plan. See, sometimes we fall and we don't look up to him. We try to find our own way out of that. But at the end of the day, even in those falls, we realize he gets the glory. And I thank you so much for showing us those falls and these times that you clearly got back up. And that's why we reached out to you in the first place. Well, I appreciate it. I do. And, and like I said, I mean, it had been an easy journey, but, you know, like you said, it, it makes the, the, the plan and the pruning, you know, that that's, those are two phases that hurt. You know, a lot of times you lose people or lose things you need. You thought you needed, um, uh, in your life to get where you want to be. And you thought there were places. And I tell people all the time, you know, if, if, if they wouldn't have let me go at Linden high school, I probably would still be there. You know, I, I never would have left. Cause like I said, I, I was okay with being a really good high school basketball coach. Um, but, you know, like I said, a lot of times, you, you know, God had bigger plans. He had a bigger platform that he wanted me to be on and more lives he wanted me to touch than in Little Linden, Alabama. 
And sometimes we don't see it. You know, I was having a conversation with my brother a couple of days ago, and he said, man, our minds are going to be so blown when we get to glory. You know, we, we old folk, we were raised by the country, so we get to <laughs> glory, right? And God shows us the number of times that we rebel and the easy path if we just would have, see, this is what I wanted you to do. Yeah. yeah. All right. And I want to show you how the long way around you took, and this was what I was trying to show you in the first place. And the other portion of that is that contentment that you talked about. We put limits on God's ability. You were like, I'm okay with just being a high school coach. That's my dream. And God's like, no, I got more for you, but I need to take you through some things. So you're prepared when I place you there. And that's exactly what you just gave that in that testimony today. Yep. And I, I'll say this, and I, I forgot this part, but, you know, in that time frame between um, being let go and getting hired at, at Alabama Southern, and I, you know, I, I'm not a Bible scholar, so I, I, I got to be honest, I, I got this from my mom, but, you know, I, I sat at home exactly 40 days from the time I resigned at West Alabama to the time I got the job at at Alabama Southern and my mom calls it my that, that she tells me all the time that was my wilderness experience um you know because I I, I really did I, I walked in I, I sat in my car before I even took the resignation letter to my AD and I sat in the car and I'm gonna be honest again I cried because I mean I was about to resign a job even though I, I knew I couldn't work for the guy I was about to re- resign a job not knowing what was next uh, but I really, really felt like, you know, that's, that's what God was leading me to do. So, you know, I was, I was, I was obedient, you know, and got the head coaching job at Alabama Southern, even though that wouldn't work out. But I feel like though that moment, those two moments kind of led me to where I am now. Absolutely. And I'll tell you this, you know, Bible scholar or not, it's nothing like having a praying mother and yeah. great, you hear me like they make even songs about that. And I <laughs> mentioned this because it was so huge uh coach and uh pastor dennis he's on here and he always talks about the seed of the mother and they, i mean you're just talking about that and you're sitting here talking about planning pruning and prospering and you know even to hear him talk about that you have to go back and listen to that when i was blessed but coach we were talking about this before we kind of got on and everybody logged on today and we talked about the simple fact that the pandemic did something different right you know, it, it, it didn't know a color. It didn't know a race, a creed, a religion, a gender, a region. This was global, right? And it was a time that all of us have, God has been trying to show us something, right? We have had to sit back and isolate ourselves and understand in this time that we're in while we're here. What has the pandemic taught you? You know, one, I think that it, 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 it's really, really grounded me, um, you know, and a lot of things that I thought were important, a lot of things that I thought I needed or had to do, you know, it, it, it made me realize that it, it doesn't, you know, you, you don't have to, you know, I, I, I've got three kids and one thing that it has really allowed me to do is spend more time with them and be there for them. Um, Cause as a coach, a lot of times we lose focus of that other people that care about us the most, the, the, the people that, you know, will do anything for us. You know, every time I lost a job, you know, my my, my wife, my kids, they were the people that were there for me on a daily basis and, and kind of, 
you know, when I wanted to lay in bed and not get out of bed and cry, you know, they would, you know, it's hard. You can't lay in bed and cry when you got kids. Cause you know, that that's, that's, they just won't allow it. So, you know, th those were the moments that really got me through um, what I needed to get through. And then again, you know, I think that, like you said, the world really, really paused everyone. So, you know, it, it allowed opportunities uh, like this, where we connect with people that normally we wouldn't get to connect with. We never would even think about connecting with, you know, I, I to be honest, before the pandemic, and I know this might make me sound kind of tech, tech, tech illiterate, but I didn't know what a podcast was. I mean, I'm going to be honest now, you know, I didn't know what Zoom was, but, you know, now I've been on them the entire um, pandemic. You know, I've, I've been on a couple of podcasts. So, I mean, it, it's really, really opened my eyes and allowed me to connect uh, with some people I, I wouldn't have normally connected with. Absolutely. And, you know, we, we're not going to hold you on that one. You know now. <laughs> so, so we won't hold you on that one. And I was listening to you uh, when you were saying, you know, kids not going to let you do that. I, I said, kids won't, but I know baby girl. I just saw her twice, right? I know she wasn't going to let you stay in that bed. So God has a reason for that too. Um, you know, coach, being a leader, a servant leader, um, and understanding that you are actually building young men, a lot of times that win and loss column allows coaches to lose sight that we're not only building athletes, but we're building better men. Can you talk to us a little bit about how you implement servanthood into the young men that you coach every day outside of the lines? What are some things that you instill in those young men so that when they leave you, you know that they're prepared for that next level, whatever that may be? You know, I, I think one thing that, that we talk about a lot, you know, we've got the motto where we say CARD, C-A-R-D-S. You know, we, we talk about a lot about character. Uh, we talk a lot about accountability. Talked a lot about respect for yourself and others. Um, you know, we talk a lot about discipline, you know, in life and, you know, the S we talk about serving service. Um, if you follow me on social media, you, you know, my, even the other coaches at, at our school, they, they say all the time, well, Joe, y'all are always doing something, you know, whether it be opening doors at elementary schools, whether it be, you know, going to the soup kitchen and feeding the homeless, you know, we, we do something, you know, of course, during this pandemic, we hadn't been able to do it as much. But, you know, if you go back and look at some things, we're always serving our community. Um, because I, I always tell guys that the people you're su you support are the people that's going to eventually end up supporting you. So, you know, I think that service is, 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 is really, really important. You know, we talk about winning championships off the court. You know, we want to not only build champions, a championship mindset on the court, we want to build championship citizens as well. Um, you know, we, we, we were one of the first team. I know a lot of teams now are talking about voting. You know, we voted on the first, uh, one of the first days, the early vote in Alabama. Um, so, you know, we try to teach them, you know, uh, not only stuff on the court, off the court, we've got what we call our, our, our 12 program, well-rounded, well-rounded person program is what we call it. You know, where we talk about things like conflict resolution with law enforcement. We talk about, you know, we're going to do a, a mental health uh, seminar next week. You know, we talk about uh, building building your credit. We talk about home buying. We talk about entrepreneurship. Um, talk about a lot of things, domestic and dating violence. 
you know, we bring speakers in, you know, every other week, twice a month to talk to the guys about everything because I'm a firm believer in that because those are things I didn't have access to when I was in high school and when I was in, you know, junior college. So now I feel like if the stuff I knew now, I knew back then, I'll be leaps and bounds of here to where I am now, not only as a coach, but as a person. Uh, so I think those are things, important things that we expose our athletes to early in life. That way, you know, as they get older in adulthood, they, they, they know those things. I think that's amazing, Coach. I think that the holistic approach, when we are dealing with these young people, because even when they get in college, you know, some, somehow along the lines, the thought process is when that child becomes 18, they're grown. And that it could not be further from Right. We know that we have some uh, adult people, seasoned people that yeah. are technically mature in a lot of those things you just talked about. Um, you know, mental health is such a thing that is, you know, taboo. It's become becoming more and more talked about, which I'm proud about. And so I'm so thankful to hear that that is something that you're touching on, um, especially in such a time as this. You know, there's numerous athletes that are coming out and speaking about that. And I'm so glad because it is something that is so serious. And I'm thankful to hear that that amongst so many other things you're doing to build those young men, um, not just athletes, but people. And so that's a part of servanthood. And I appreciate and commend you on all parts of that. I really do. Well, you know, and, and again, you know, stuff like that, I, I, I'm a firm believer in that the reason that we've had so much success is because we do show guys that we care outside the lines. I think players, girls, guys, whoever, I think they play harder for you when they realize you care about them as a person. You know, you care about them holistically and not just on the court. I totally agree. Um, guys, y'all know how I am, so I'm more mindful of that today. I'm going to go ahead and open up for anybody that has a question or comment um, or anything they would like to say to coach. Uh, if you're new, just unmute yourself and have at it. There is no structure in that. Um, and if not, y'all know I, I have a few more for you, coach. So if you got some for coach, go ahead. <laughs> Hey, coach. This is on. Uh, this is Decaffney again. Um, hey, man. Very great story, man. Again, I'm very proud of, uh, of your accomplishments. And um, you know what we grew up at, man. You have defied the status quo, man. So um, you you ha you have really made made a mark you know, in our hometown, man. And, and and keep pushing, keep pushing, man. And 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 greater is coming to you. I'm proud of you, brother. Decaf, I, I appreciate that, man. You know, and I follow you on social media, man. I one, I appreciate your service. It takes a special person to serve in the military. And two, like you said, you know, kind of where we grew up, man, and, and, and didn't have a lot. You know, people don't realize they thought because my mom was a teacher, we, we had a lot. But, you know, we, we kind of, as the young people say now, we kind of got it out the mud and, and, and spent a lot of time at the Benjamin Barnes YMCA. You know, we call yes, it sir. here in town. Uh, yes, sir. Oh, and being around people, older guys like you and role models like you, man, it definitely played a major part in me me wanting to, you know, do better and, and be better and have better in life, man. So, you know, I, I appreciate you as well. No doubt. Coach Eatman, can y'all hear me? Corey Black. Hey. Hey, I'm, sneaking, I'm sneaking on this. I'm sneaking on this Zoom with my family for dinner, but I, 
I had to get on here and say I'm, I'm proud of you. They're looking at me crazy right here, but they understand how much you mean to me. But uh, they want to say I'm proud of you. But, Coach, tell, talk to us about when you had to overcome all them obstacles when you lost your job here, you lost your job there. What kept you going? What 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 kept you going and say, I got to get the next one? What is that? It's easy to, to, to say, hey, I got to get up and go. But what really, really? push you over the edge to, to go get the next You know, I, I agree, Black. Like, a lot of times when things like that happen in life, man, it, especially in coaching, it, it makes you feel like you're inad- inadequate. It makes you feel like you're not good enough. Um, and, I mean, the simple answer to that is, you know, God and my family. You know, I mean, I, I, the whole time, even though I've been let go, um, you know, I, I knew God had a plan, and I knew that, I couldn't give up on that plan because, you know, there were people that needed me, people that needed uh, my guidance, my leadership. So, you know, that was one thing that God showed me to just keep going. And and along with that, you know, I, I had a wife and kids at the, at the house to feed, man. So I didn't have a choice but to keep going. Um, and, you know, just that drive, you just got to have that drive, man, and, and just keep going and, you know, realize it ain't anything you did. You got to realize first, you, you do have to acknowledge what you did wrong in every situation, uh, you know, because there's always things that you could have handled different things. You could have said different. There's always something you did. And I think that's a major part in, in a comeback is realizing what you did uh, and correcting that first. And then once you realize that, you can move forward from it. Got it. Thank you, Coach, man. Keep grinding, man. I'm proud of you. Appreciate the friendship, man. I appreciate it. Servant leader, Corey Black. My mama (laughs) said. Coach came on a couple of uh, weeks back, and he'll be popping up, and he talked to us a little bit about the same thing. So the number of times I hear people come on and, you know, just show love to Coach Black, I feel that same love. He's an amazing He's the ultimate servant leader. I mean, he's he he is the reason he is where he is and and, and blessed like he's blessed because he's always doing stuff to help other people, man. So I like I told him, I really appreciate his friendship. Totally agree. Do we have anybody else? Okay, cool. Don't say I didn't warn y'all. Okay. <laughs> You know, I try my best to think, right? I can get carried away. No, coach, but I totally appreciate it. I'm enjoying this. I ask this question often uh, to servant leaders and coaches that come on. Um, People will hear me say often that the whole purpose behind this, why God spoke to me in doing this, I have nothing to do with this. I'm just his vessel. It's trying to normalize coaches of faith. A lot of times, because we coach at a particular program, because our face is a part of a public school, or we're in a place that maybe eh, doesn't look as much on faith being okay. Trying to get in a place where faith is normalized, that it doesn't look like, oh my God, I'm doing something special because I have no problem of saying God keeps me, right? Um, How do you allow your faith to sound so loud? And mind you, you don't say it, you walk in it. How can you be so secure in being a man of faith while coaching and being okay with people to know that God is the head of your life? Well, one, I think you've got to be comfortable with, first of all, who you are 
and, and what you believe, you know, and I always say, and it's probably, it, may, it maybe is a reason I'm still a junior college coach, but you know, I, I always say, I don't want to stand on a platform that I can't speak my truth from, you know, don't, don't, don't give me a platform where I can't speak my truth. Uh, you know, if there's a, if there's a job or, uh, or a stage you want me to stand on and be somebody I'm not, I can't do that. I, I can't it, like stuff like that. I, I can't sleep at night uh, knowing that I'm not allowed to be myself. So don't give me a, if you don't want me to speak my truth, if you don't want me to say what I believe, don't put me on that stage because you know, one thing about me, I, I know where God's brought me from. I know what he's done in my life. Um, and, and that's something that I can't hide. You know, I got to be me. I, I've got to let people know how I feel and what I believe um, and where I come from and, and, and where I feel like God's taking me. Um, so, you know, that question about normalizing it, I think if more people would do that, would be authentic, um, I think the more it will become normal. Um, and I think a lot of times people get so caught up in, well, if I say this or if I do this, uh, I tell my players all the time, you know, I'm not going to force my beliefs on you, but you're going to know what I believe. Uh, you know, we, we, we take our, you know, even here at Sheldon, you know, when we were, when church was open, you know, we were taking our guys to church uh, twice a week. And I honestly, I had one team, I had one player that didn't believe in God, and I had another one that was a Muslim on the team. And of course, you know, I'm a firm believer in, like I said, I, I'm not going to force my beliefs on you, but I can't not tell you what I believe. Now, it, it's, you don't have to believe like I believe, and you don't have to, what, and it's okay for you to tell me what you believe. Um, but I think, you know, you, you set a positive environment when everybody's able to be transparent and able to be themselves. Um, and again, like I said, I think the more people do that, the more it be it will become normal. And like I said, people won't always accept it. Um, but at the same time, like I said, I tell people up front, this is who I am. This is what I believe. Uh, if if you got a problem with it, this, this relationship is probably not going to work. So it's better that I just stay where I am and you find somebody else for this job. So... <laughs> Let me tell you, I was so like thrown by that quote. I tell people all the time, you know, speakers come on and they talk and they say a lot of great things, but there's always one. I got ready to write that down and my pen just flew. <laughs> I don't want to stand on any platform where I can't speak my truth. And that's it. I tell people all the time, I'm not going to throw God on you, but just as sure as breath comes out of my body, I'm, a, I'm not afraid. Like there used to be, not used to be, it still is, that old-fashioned hymn and say, I'm not ashamed to own my Lord. It's never happening in this corner. Not even close. So, Coach, I love that one. Oh, my goodness. Last question, Coach, for you. Okay. And, of course, the whole reason why we're here. The beauty of the Servant Leader Coach's Bible study has been the simple fact of taking two words, servant leadership, and paying attention to what that looks like to so many different coaches of so many different sports in so many different areas. To Coach Joseph Eatman, what does servant leadership mean to you? Well, and I think I hit on this at the beginning. You know, I'm a firm believer that, 
you can't lead without serving. Um, so I think not only do you have to serve those you're leading, um, I also think that you have to be a servant for the one who's leading you. Um, so God, God doesn't give you a platform to hide who you are, or what he's done in your life. You know, he'll never place you in a position where you, you're not, where you're not able to be yourself, you know, bottom line. I think you've got to serve. I think the more you show people um, your service, the more they'll respect you. Um, and, and honestly, just the farther you go in life, um, I don't think that you can go into any leadership role being selfish. Um, and I think a lot of times if you are in a leadership role and you're not serving, I think that's that's selfish because that's not why we're placed here on earth. You know, not only as coaches, but as people, period. I think God's placed us here to serve um, and be servants to others and also be a servant for him. I think that's amazing, Coach. I couldn't have said it any better myself. And I think that we have to make sure that we recognize who places us where he places us why we're there and that he gets the glory for it all. It's not about us. And the sooner that we can figure that part out, the better people get to see, right? And so coach, I think that's amazing. I wanna take the time just to tell you thank you. Again, as I always say, that time factor is so important to me. It is the most priceless thing because you can't get that thing back. And so I thank you for not only in the midst of your busy schedule, the evening time, baby girl want her daddy back. <laughs> You took the time to talk with us and you truly have blessed us with so many amazing words of wisdom and gems today. And so coach, I just thank you so much for being here. I'm gonna give you a chance to say anything final that you want to say. And I, I don't know, he should know. He's almost like my chaplain now, but Minister Dennis, if you don't mind, I'm gonna come to you to close us out. So coach Eatman, if you can just give us some final things before we go, I appreciate you so much, man. I just say, thank you. You know, there, there's no other way that I, I, I'd rather spend my time um, than spreading the gospel and telling people about what God's done in my life. And I hope something I said um, on this today has helped someone. For sure. Coach Dennis. Yeah, so good. Thanks, Coach Joe. Real good stuff, man. Um, I wanted to say one quick thing before I pray, if I can. Um, your journey really reminded me of something that happened years ago. Um, I don't have a green thumb at all. And I had a member of the congregation that worked at one of these corporate places that had really beautiful plants and trees because they have people come in and take care of them three, four days a week. And so there was this ficus tree that she thought me and my wife may want. And she said, pastor, they're giving it away. You just have to come pick it up. And I was like, oh, I don't know. I don't have a green thumb. And she says, oh no, nobody, you, nobody can't kill a ficus tree. You just gotta just take it. I said, well, all right. I went around there, got the ficus tree. It was uh, braided, you know, and interwoven in the, in the beautiful tree. A couple months later, that joker started dying on me. I'm like, Lord, I thought they said I can't kill no ficus tree. I said, this is terrible. And when you said, I was already thinking about that. I promise, I was, for some reason that came to mind as you were sharing with us your journey. And when you said plant, prune, and prosper, the pruning is a message all unto itself because the tendency is to think that we failed. But from a biblical perspective, he only prunes those that are bearing fruit, 
right? So he prunes us so that we can bear more fruit. And uh, come on, honey. And uh, that's my wife. Watch how much better looking I get when she walks in the room. Watch this. This is going to be unbelievable. I'm a, watch this. Come here. I mean, bang. Look at how good that box just got. Ain't that something? It's amazing. But I'm like, how can I kill a tree that they said I can't kill? And what happened was, don't forget, it was in a corporate setting. So somebody told me to replant the tree. And I'm like, Lord, I can't even water the tree to keep it alive. You want me to replant it? But I'm going to tell you what happened. When I went outside to replant that tree, because it had been in a corporate setting, there was all kinds of debris. People in the corporate place were using it for everything from their gum to bubble gum wrappers to all kinds of stuff. Because it's in a corporate setting, they ain't thinking. My point to you, man of God, is this. All of those stops along the way was a vessel that was planted amongst things that eventually would have killed it. And so God knew that it was time for you to, and each time we move, and we're quick to say the steps of a good man are ordered by the Lord until he starts ordering them. And then you're like, oh, whoa, I didn't have that in mind. Oh, I got babies to feed at the house, you know? So it's amazing, man. So thank you for your tenacity. Thank you for your humility. I met you for, for 40 minutes now, and your humility just screams. And uh, I'm, I'm proud to have connected in this way, man. So uh, keep telling your story and uh, keep asking them to raise their credit score. That'll help them, man. That'll help them. Amen. So let's pray. Father, it's in the name of the Lord Jesus that we bless you and we thank you for the fact that one does plant, another does water, but it is you, God, that brings the increase. And so, Lord, whatever it is that we find ourselves up against today, help us to remember what you placed upon Coach Joe's heart to share with us, that we're planted, that we're being pruned, and eventually we'll prosper. I pray, God, that you insulate us. I pray that you give us courage and wisdom during that pruning process, that we won't fail as though we are failures, that we won't have the feeling that we're not going to make it. Lord, we bless you for this platform. Thank you for Coach Chelsea. Thank you for the Servant Leadership Bible Study. Thank you for those that have demonstrated what servant leadership looks like. And then lastly, Lord, thank you for the platform, the platform that is just right for where we are. And so, Lord, bless, Lord, the furtherance of this day, all that needs doing, and continue to prosper these men and women, God. Continue to lead them in plain paths that the people that are following them, those that they have the privilege of serving, will be impacted by the leadership and the anointing that you placed upon them. We love you and we thank you. In Jesus' name, amen. 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 Y'all see why? Y'all see right there why? I lean it over to him to close us out, right? Don't you feel oh. like you're just, you, you're just about to sleep good. <laughs> oh, yeah.